Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The U.S. sealed the deal on its next president yesterday, and the Federal Reserve kicks off its last two-day meeting of 2020. But first, intelligence officials around the world are trying to figure out the extent of a wide-ranging espionage attack on U.S. federal agencies and Fortune 500 companies. We'll explain what these agencies and companies are now doing to protect themselves. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hackers inserted malicious code into software updates provided by a company called SolarWinds. This is a big deal because SolarWinds services hundreds of thousands of organizations around the world, and the hackers were able to enter the secure IT systems of some of these organizations. Here to talk about the hack is the FT's Hannah Murphy. She's been following the story. Hannah, why is there so much concern over this hack? So look, we don't know exactly the scope of who's been affected by this hack, but it could be as many as 18,000 companies that use a particular software run by SolarWinds and were therefore vulnerable to having uh, this attacker come into their systems and infiltrate and be able to spy on what's going on, read emails, for example, and move around undetected. What we do know is that the systems have been exposed for as many as nine months. So it's possible that hackers have been lurking in there uh, for all that time. Um, in terms of who has been targeted, we already know that some government agencies have, have been hit. And so far confirmed, we have the Commerce Department, we have the Department of Homeland Security, we also have a suggestion that the Treasury Department has been hit, although that has not yet been confirmed. And we also know that it's possible that numerous other victims are out there. Um, FireEye, which has been investigating the hack, said that other victims did include, from its findings, government consulting, technology, telecom, and I think extractive entities globally. Also, that activity is still ongoing. So those hackers may still be in those systems right now. Wow. So do we know who's responsible for it and, and what motivated them? Western security experts have suggested the attack bears the hallmarks of an espionage operation. The key suspects would probably be Russia and China, since this was a highly sophisticated attack. And an attack on this scale really relies on those with well-developed capabilities. And, and Russia and China are, are the, the culprits often in this case. This has not been publicly attributed to any one group or country yet. But there has been some fair rumblings and suggestions among some of our sources. Uh, American security are looking primarily at a group linked to Russia and Russia's foreign intelligence service, the SVR. Now, we should note that Russia has denied any involvement here. Um, Hannah, what actions are being taken in response to the hack? So we're still finding out who has been targeted, and that means lots of groups are now looking at their internal systems and trying to see if they can detect any strange or unusual activity. The US government issued an emergency directive, a rare emergency directive, asking government federal agencies, which use the SolarWinds software, to look for any issues and also to disconnect from the SolarWinds systems. They also asked that groups who have been affected report to them. 
so that they can begin to get a bit of a clearer picture about what's going on. SolarWinds has issued a statement and said that it has been working on a fix for the issue. But at this stage, it may be too little too late if there has indeed been a nation state cyber campaign and hackers inside your company or your agency for nine months, gathering emails, gathering data, moving around undetected, then you know they may already have the information that they're looking for. So a lot of developments, and it sounds like this story is going to be moving very fast. Hannah Murphy is going to be covering this for the FT. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Mark. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. This was the projected outcome we learned of shortly after the November 3rd election, but yesterday, presidential electors made it official. Now, this isn't entirely surprising. The vote by the Electoral College yesterday was an exact reflection of what election results depicted. Joe Biden received the 270 electoral votes he needed to become the 46th president of the United States. But President Trump has frequently called the election fraudulent, and his supporters have tried to go as far as the Supreme Court to challenge the results. Courts have repeatedly rejected the challenges. Trump has still refused to concede defeat. The Electoral College votes will be formally tallied in a joint session of Congress early next month. Biden's inauguration is set for January 20th. Twenty twenty has been a year of dramatic intervention by central banks. The pandemic prompted the Federal Reserve to bring U.S. interest rates down to near zero and start massive emergency lending and bond buying programs. The Federal Reserve begins its last two-day meeting of the year today, and the big question is whether it needs to do even more in light of the latest surge in coronavirus cases. Here with me now is the FT's James Politi. He covers the Fed. James, tell us a little bit about the future of the Fed's emergency bond buying program. So at the start of the pandemic, the Fed essentially relaunched uh, the quantitative easing programs that were set up during the financial crisis, which sharply expanded its balance sheet. The Fed has been buying $80 billion of uh, treasury securities per month and $40 billion of mortgage-backed securities per month to help the economy and the financial markets sort of remain stable throughout the crisis. Its guidance has been that those bond buying efforts would remain in place over the coming months, at least at their current rate. Uh, There has been some pressure on the Fed to sort of do more. It has said that, you know, it was prepared to provide the economy with more monetary support if it needed it. And I think that in light of the current surge of coronavirus cases that we're seeing, uh, some investors and some economists are saying, well, you know, what can the Fed do uh, additionally? One thing that we are expecting is that the Fed will provide sort of more guidance um, entrenching that that bond buying effort um, instead of just saying that, it'll, you know, they'll keep buying those bonds for over the coming months. I think they will tie the future of bond buying to economic conditions. So until a certain point at which, you know, the crisis is over or the, you know, medical emergency has passed, or possibly some economic indicators have been reached. But even beyond that, there is a question of whether that will be sufficient. So James, what else are you looking out for in this meeting? Well, we are definitely watching out for what the sort of summary of economic projections um, will be from Fed officials. Um, And the other thing that comes along with the output projections 
is their own expectation for when they might raise interest rates. And in the last set of numbers, the median Fed official essentially predicting that until at least the end of 2023, there would be no rate hikes. And the question is, with the vaccine coming, the medium-term economic outlook seeming a little sort of better compared to a deteriorating short-term outlook, we might get a few more Fed officials saying, hmm, well, maybe we will have to raise interest rates in 2022 or 2023. That could sort of affect the median projection and would send sort of an interesting, I think, signal um, which markets will will have to digest. Definitely will. James Politi is the FT's Deputy Washington Bureau Chief. He covers the Fed. Thank you, James. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.